hands. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Bass preached an incredible message on Sunday. Hallelujah. He needs no introductions. Put our hands together under the Lord as Brother Bass comes in Jesus' name. Well, let's bless him tonight all over this house. Front to back, side to side. Somebody lift your voice and praise. Our God is an awesome God. Come on, he can move mountains. Keep me in the valley in the storm. Come on, let's praise him. I just feel like we ought to lift our voice and praise him. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. No other God like our God. The psalmist said there is no rock like our rock. I believe we stand tonight on the solid rock called Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank God that we have a firm foundation. I'm happy tonight that I'm not on shifting sands. I'm glad that I don't have to stand on shifting sands. Thankful tonight for a safe place. Praise God. Aren't you happy to be in a safe place tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This would not be a safe place to some folks because they don't like their sensitivities to be disturbed. Amen. Their little ideas about what life ought to be. But this is a safe place to me because this is where truth is preached. And what a difference. What a difference when you're in a place where truth is preached. Amen. Thank God that you don't have to come and leave and wonder what in the world was the preacher trying to say. Huh? Amen. He makes it plain. That's the way it ought to be. Thank God. Thank God. Great to be here tonight. Beautiful services this weekend. And uh, appreciate and love so very much Pastor and Sister Mayo and their family. We love them dearly. We have great respect for them. It's great to see Sister Mayo here tonight. Grandma. Hallelujah. Praise God. Got that new grandbaby. Amen. Hallelujah. I just hope he looks as good as his mother. Don't look like his daddy. All right. Two fine people. We love their their family so much. And have, we honor them for their works in the kingdom. Praise God. Anybody happy you got the Holy Ghost tonight? Praise God. One more time. Lift your voice and praise Him. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. Genesis chapter 49 uh, gives to us what was Jacob's last conversation with his sons. Now, we know that it was his last conversation because as you get near the end of the chapter, the scripture tells us that Jacob uh, pulled his feet up in the bed and he died. And so we know that this was his very last conversation. What I notice in verse number one is 
that he calls his sons to him and says, Gather yourselves together that I might tell you what shall befall you in the last days. And then he said, Gather yourselves together. And notice what he says and how he says it. He says, Hear, you sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. Hear, you sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. He makes a distinction there. You were born, all of you were born to the man who was the supplanter, the man who was the conniver, the cheater. But he said, I want to talk to you as the prince of God. I want to speak to you as the man who has power with God and man. And it's, a, it's, it's important tonight who you are listening to. It's important the voice that is speaking to you. There's a lot of Jacob voices in our world that would like to supplant your faith and supplant your walk with God and supplant your desire to live for God. But what you need to hear from is an Israel, a man that's got power with God, a man that's got a touch of God upon his life. How many thank God for a God-called pastor? How many thank God for an anointed pastor? Amen. Amen. And so as Jacob calls his sons to him and begins to speak to them, he starts calling each of them by name. And we know that this particular chapter is the chapter that Jacob passes a blessing on to each one of his sons. And while giving them a blessing, he also gives them their identity. He calls them by name. He gives them their identity and he speaks to them about their future. This is not something that was new. In fact, what we understand by scripture is that Jacob was doing exactly as his father had done to him. Uh, in process of time, uh, whenever Jacob came to his father, and we know uh, all the events, and I don't want to get into all of that, but just to say that whenever Jacob approached his father Isaac, that Isaac laid his hands on him, Isaac spake to him about his future. He identified what kind of man he was going to be. He helped him to understand who he was. Amen. And that's the reason why that when Esau, his brother, came in after him and likewise wanted a blessing, even though he knew that his brother Jacob had taken the blessing of the firstborn from him, and he cried out to his father, don't you have at least a blessing for me? Because it was important in those times that men understand who they were. It was important that they recognized what their identity was, and they got their identity from their father. Amen. And so what Jacob does is the same thing that Isaac did to him. And in chapter 49, he begins to speak to his sons. He talks about the blessings that God is going to place upon them, each one of them. And to Judah, he says to Judah, you are a lion's whelp. The scepter shall not depart from Judah 
nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. So we know that through Judah, Jacob was prophesying that the Messiah would come from him. Many hundreds of years prior to it ever taking place, he was identifying Judah and his family as the tribe from which Jesus Christ, the Messiah, would come. And then you hear where he speaks to Joseph. He said that Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. He is saying to Jacob, Jacob, or to Joseph, Joseph, here's how you are going to live, and here's what you are going to be to the world around you. You're going to be a fruitful bough by a well, but your branches are going to run over the wall. So you're not just going to feed the people inside the compound, inside the walls, but you're going to have an influence and an effect on people that are outside of the wall. Hallelujah. That's the will of God. You hear me? That is the will of God that you and I affect people outside the walls. Amen. When Jesus talks about the light of the world, he speaks about the light in two different senses. He speaks of the light in the house. And then he talks about the light that was set upon a candlestick. Amen. That it would give light to those who were in the way. He said to his disciples, you are the light of the world. He also said that you're the light inside the house. So you and I have a compound responsibility. And that is to shine the light among us as apostolics. To show forth hope. To show forth love. To show forth compassion. To show forth a desire of fellowship among ourselves but then not only do we stop with being a light in the house but we are a light to the world we are to illuminate them by the power of the Holy Ghost illuminate them to truth illuminate them to the realities of what God wants to do in their life thank God we can be a blessing inside the wall but we can be a blessing on the outside of the wall Clap your hands and shout amen. And then the scripture talks about how that he says to Zebulon, you're going to be a haven for ships. And Issachar, you're going to be a burden bearer. Damn, you will be a judge. Asher, you're going to be like a merchant delivering fine food. Benjamin, you're going to be like a wolf. So he reached into many different areas describing these men and the future of these men. And there's a lot of things that we could preach about from all of these various descriptions of their future and their identity. But the one that I want to take you to tonight and to, uh, to draw your attention to is in verse number 19 of Genesis 49. He said these words, Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. It was to Gad that Jacob said, you are a troop. And he said, a troop is going to overcome you, but you shall overcome 
at the last. Now we know that whenever Gad was born, that his mother said these words, a troop cometh, and she called his name Gad. And so Leah, his mother, had given him the name of Gad, which means a troop comes. But whenever Jacob speaks to him, Jacob is saying, I'm going to take it a step further for you, Gad, I'm going to help you understand that you as a troop are going to be overcome. A troop shall overcome you, but you shall overcome at the last. And so what he was saying to Gad was, Gad, you are born to be an overcomer. Fact. Is why you were born. When you were born, you were not born to be defeated. You were not born to be put down. You were not born to be destroyed. But you were born to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. He's saying to Gad, Gad, I'm telling you that there are going to be times when things are not going to go your way. Gad, there's going to be times that you're going to suffer defeat. There's going to be an hour when that you're going to lose the battle, but you're not going to lose the war. Because Gad, you were born to be an overcomer. And that's what I feel to preach tonight for the next few minutes in this house. Born to be an overcomer. Because we tonight have been born to be overcomers in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We live in a time when, when absentee fathers are producing children with no identity. They're finding their identity from other sources. We have sons that are finding identity with the king members, with protest groups, with Hollywood and the sports world. And, and as a result, they're stumbling through life with no true identity and no true direction. But I want to preach to you tonight about a heavenly father who is endeavoring to give every one of us an understanding as to who we are. That when we were born, Born in the kingdom of God, that we were literally born to be an overcomer. I read John 1 and 10. He said he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born. Born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You're not here tonight redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ for no reason whatsoever. You were born into this to be a child of God. You are the son of God. You've got royal blood flowing in your, come on, I want to help somebody in your walk with God tonight. I want to help you understand understand who you are amen amen you're not just some old Joe walking down the street you're not some some uh, Sally Sue walking down the street you're not just another person you're not just another human being in the world 
You have been called out of the world. You have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. You have been baptized in the name that's above every name. You have been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. You've got royal power. You've got royal authority. You've got the power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. Anybody happy to be a son of God tonight? Hallelujah. But here's what I like about what John said. In 1 John 4 and 4, he said, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He said, I'm telling you why. That you're an overcomer. You're not overcomer because of your own ability. Not of your own strength. Not of your own talents. Your own power. Your physical might. He said, because it's not by might and not by power, saith the Lord, but it's by my spirit. Somebody hear me tonight. I'm going to tell you why you're an overcomer. You're an overcomer because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. I know this is Bible study night, and you're probably used to coming and kind of sitting back and letting preacher, letting pastor preach to you and teach you. But I feel like preaching here tonight. Come on. Hey, man. I'll tell you why I feel like preaching, because I get weary with hell telling people you can't make it. I get weary with hell telling folks you don't have what it takes. I get weary tonight with hell telling people that you're not going to survive this. You need to look at them and say, hey, I got a word for you. The Bible tells me that I have overcome because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. John went on to say in verse John 5 and 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I noticed something when I get to the book of Revelation, and I'm getting ahead of myself right now, but I noticed something when I get to the book of Revelation. Those that make it to the other side, they're not identified as apostolics. They're not identified as Pentecostals. They're not identified as Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or anything else. They're identified as overcomers. He said, who are these? He said, these are they that have overcome by the word of their testimony and the blood of the lamb. I got word for you tonight. If you make it on the other side, it'll be because you're an overcomer. Hallelujah. To 
every single church in Revelation 2 and 3, to every one of them, there was a promise. There was a promise, but there was a stipulation placed on that promise. And that stipulation was he that overcometh. He that overcometh. If you overcome whatever problems there are in your local church. He even said it to the book or to the church of the Laodicea. The spirit of Laodicea that has that complacent attitude. That lukewarm spirit. He said if you overcome. Hallelujah. If you rise above this. There's a challenge that that we've got as the apostolic church in 2019. And that's a challenge challenge of weariness. It's a challenge of the enemy wanting to wear out the saints. A challenge, amen, because of the stress of life and the problems that we're dealing with. But God's got a promise for us. It will overcome. You got to rise above all of that. You got to overcome the spirit of apathy. You got to overcome the spirit of Laodicea. Come on, when you're too tired to worship, you worship anyway. When you don't feel like praising, you praise anyway. When you're struggling with problems in life, you still praise him anyhow. When you're laboring to just make it through a trial, you praise him anyhow. Woo! Come on, I need some help here tonight. The Holy Ghost trying to help us. He that overcomes, he that overcomes, he that overcomes. Let me remind you one more time what you're a part of. You're a part of that church that Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not, shall not. That means you're not in a defeated church. You're not in a church that's losing ground. You're not in a church that's backing up. You're in a church that's victorious. Hallelujah. I want to send some folks home to not feel like they can charge hell with a bucket of water. I want to send some people out of here that are shaking their finger in the devil's face and say, don't you even try it. Don't you even try it. I'll run right over you. I'll stomp you in the ground. I'm an overcomer. I'm not defeated. I'm victorious. Paul says it on this wise in Romans chapter 8. He said, what shall we say to the, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, then who can be against us? Or or in, in another phraseology, we could say, what difference does it make what's against us? If God be for us, then what difference does it make what comes against us? 
If God be for us, then what difference does it make what devil rises up? If God be for us, then what difference does it make that trouble comes, that problems arise? Hallelujah. Amen. He said these words, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Mm, Hallelujah. Who? Somebody say who. Who? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He then went on to enumerate a lot of things, and I, I, I need some help right now because I want, you to, I want you to respond with a no. Somebody say no. Every time I speak, I want you to say no. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress? Come on, I can't hear you. Or, or persecution or famine or nakedness? Or peril? Or sword? No! Or nay! And all these things, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Because as sons of God, we were born to be overcomers. That doesn't mean we're never going to have a problem. It means when you have a problem, you overcome that problem. It doesn't mean you're never going to lose a battle. It means you're never going to lose the war. It doesn't mean that you're never going to be down. But it means when you get down, you'll get back up again. Come on. Jacob said, Gad, you're going to get down, but you'll get back up again. Gad, you're going to get down, but you're going to get back up again. You're going to suffer some defeat, but you're going to be victorious at the end. Somebody shout amen. Now, a little further in Scripture, Deuteronomy 33, Moses starts down the same path that Jacob went down. He starts blessing all the tribes. Jacob blessed his sons, but Moses starts blessing the tribe, all of them. And here's what he said about Gad in verse number 20 of Deuteronomy 33. He said, blessed is he, blessed be he that enlarges Gad. He dwells as a lion and teareth the arm with the crown of the head. He said, you want to be blessed in Israel? He said, then I want you to encourage the overcomers. Huh? 
Amen. He said, blessed be he that enlarges Gad. Blessed is he that goes to where Gad is and said, Gad, I'm going to help you fight your battle. I'm going to help you claim your inheritance. I'm going to help you get the victory. Gad, hallelujah, we're going to enlarge your borders. We're going to give you a bigger inheritance than what you started off with. Come on now. When I bless, when we gossip about Gad, when I, oh, help me, hallelujah. When I bless, when we talk bad about him, when I bless, when we run him down, when I, oh, no, 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 no. You want to be blessed in the church? Find you somebody to encourage. Find you somebody to lift up. Find you somebody to strengthen. Find you some. Hallelujah. When you see a Gadite, when you see a Gadite that's struggling to survive, that's struggling to make it, you need to go to them and say, come on, boy, get up from there. You were born to be an overcomer. You weren't born to lose out. You weren't born to quit. You weren't born to give up hope. Hallelujah. Come on. Find you a brother to encourage. Find you a sister to encourage. Look around you. Don't just be caught up in your own little world. Don't just be caught up in your own problems and circumstances of life. Moses said, you want to be blessed in Israel? Go find you an overcomer and encourage them. Enlarge their place. Help Praise the Lord. Huh? Yeah, I, you know, I tell you, I, I just struggle. Can I, can I just preach you tonight? Is that all right? I told you, Pastor, I tried my best to behave. Hallelujah. He said, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've told folks who, who said, I'm so depressed, I don't know what to do. You know, I've told him, I've said, go bake a cake. Go in there and bake a cake. I don't care, chocolate cake with white icing on it or a white cake with chocolate icing. It don't matter. Just go bake a cake. And go out there and find somebody that's worse off than you and take that cake to them and say, here, I want to encourage you a little bit. Sister Mayo, I'm convinced that if more of us would get more engaged with other people and their needs and help them, strengthen them, bless them, pray for them, lift them up, encourage them, the Lord said, I'll put a blessing upon your life. I got news for you. The scripture still says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And when you start giving out, encouragement and you stop giving out amen a lifting up a word of uplifting when you start giving out a word of a prayer and consolation the Lord said I bless you <laughs> somebody shout amen, amen. blessed is he that enlarges God blessed is he that Helps Gad. Thank God we're overcomers. 
But every now and then I need some help overcoming. And there's been a few times, I said, there's been a few times that that word of encouragement that said, come on, get up. You can make it. You can't die in this. You can't perish where you are. Get up. You're not born to die. You're born to live. You're not born to be defeated. You're born to be victorious. Hallelujah. I feel like telling somebody right now in the Holy Ghost, you were not born to backslide. Quit entertaining that idea. Quit entertaining that thought process. You were not born to backslide. When you got the Holy Ghost, when you were baptized in Jesus' name, he put an overcoming spirit inside of you. He put something inside of you that said, I can make it. I don't care what I'm going through. Glory. And then I noticed in 1 Chronicles 12, beginning with verse number 8, he said, And of the Gadites, they separated themselves unto David into the hold, to the wilderness, men of might and men of war fit for the battle that could handle shield and buckler whose faces were like the faces of lions. And they were as swift as the rose upon the mountains. They came to David to where he was in the wilderness. And they were men of might. They were men of war fit for the battle that could handle Shield and buckler. You know why they were in that, that state of mind? You know why that they had that kind of attitude? Because somebody put it inside of them. Somebody told them, you're an overcomer. I said somebody told them they were an overcomer. Somebody drilled it into them. Somebody talked about it, sung about it, preached about it. You know, I, I read I read some time back about uh, a particular group of students that were in this school that were failing. They were failing students. They were not going to make it, and so they decided to do a, a little a little study here with this group of students. They put them in a class to themselves, and they told the teacher. Before she ever met one of them, they told the teacher, they said, now listen, this group of students are high achievers. They're smart. They got brains. They can do anything they set their mind to. And they were a bunch of losers. Huh? They were a bunch of losers. That's what they were. They were, they, they were. they were having problems with the law. They were having problems in school. They were... They, it was, a, it was a major situation that they were dealing with, and they were failing in school. But they told this teacher, said, now, this group of students, we're putting you there because they're a select group. They're an elite group. And when she walked into that classroom, that was her attitude. Her attitude was, this bunch is a smart bunch. This bunch has got it together. They got, this is going to be like eating 
popcorn and, 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 and candy all year long. I'm going to have myself a fun time. She started treating them like high achievers. She started treating them, and they said before the year was out that they were the top class in the entire school. Huh? Hallelujah. And, 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 then, and then I read another story about a man that was in a class. He was in this particular mathematics class, or it was, wasn't really just mathematics. It was some higher, higher level of mathematics. And, and uh, so they had, uh, the, I think it was like three problems that, uh, that they gave uh, these students and, and told them to solve these problems. And so they, they, there was one young man that set his mind to solving the problem. And he saw there was one of the problems that one of the highest educated men in the world had developed. And he had said there is no solution to this problem. And, 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 and so this young man sat down and solved the problem. And the reason why he solved it is because nobody told him that it couldn't be solved. Listen, I want to know who you're listening to today. I don't know what you think you're a part of, but I know what I'm a part of. I'm a part of the greatest thing going in the world. I'm in the church. I'm in the church. I'm among the blood bought. I'm with the redeemed. Hallelujah. And when I got born again, I was told by my father, you were born to be an overcomer. And I just don't believe anything else except what he's told me. Praise the Lord. I'm living for God because I'm not listening to anybody that tells me you can't live for God. I'm still shouting the victory because I'm not listening to folks who tell me that you can't shout the victory. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, I feel Holy Ghost. And so they were what they were because of what they had been told. But I want you to notice something about these Gadites. In this particular verse, they are, they are spoken of, they are described as both the predator and the prey. They are described as the predator and the prey. It said they had faces whose faces were like the faces of lions and they were as swift as the rose upon the mountains. So they are likened to lions and rose or deer. So one is a predator and the other one is a prey. But you have to realize that they're not just described as the predator and the prey. But they are described as having the characteristic of a predator and the characteristic of the prey. And what were those characteristics? Whose faces were like the faces of lions. 
So they were like the predator in the fact that they had faces like a lion. And if you've ever been on a safari or you've ever seen any pictures or you've ever observed a lion stalking its prey, he has a laser-like focus on what he's going for. And he doesn't allow anything around him to distract him from what his goal is. Hallelujah. I'm talking about being overcomer tonight. I'm talking about what it takes to be an overcomer. If you want to be an overcomer, you got to get a laser-like focus in your life. You got to get so focused on living for God, so focused on walking with God, so focused on your relationship. Amen. You got to get so focused that nothing around you distracts you. Nothing around you gets your attention away from what you've got your eyes on. You see, the Bible talks about how that we ought to forget those things which are behind and press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There's just some things that you and I need to get out of our eyesight and get so focused on living for God. That is what helps to make you an overcomer. You become an overcomer because you get a laser-like focus in your life. You don't allow yourself to get distracted. Come on, I want to help somebody live for God tonight. You can't let the world around you distract you. Huh? I heard a story the other day about a woman that went to her pastor and, and, and made an appointment, and she was going to tell him that, that, that her time at that church was over with, that she was not coming back anymore. She was done. She was finished. And, and so she went in, and she sat down with the pastor and began to enumerate all the reasons why that she was, was leaving the church. She was tired of the hypocrites that were in the church. And she was tired of how some of the women uh, were talking among themselves and gossiping. And she was fed up with the fact that the men had roving eyes and couldn't keep them to themselves. And, and she was weird. She went down a whole list of things. And, and, and when she got completely done, the pastor looked at her and said, Well, sister, he said, uh, you know, he said, I'm sorry to hear that your decision has been made to leave. He said, but I want to I wanna ask you if you'll do one thing for me before that you leave the church. And if you can accomplish this, he said, then I will not argue with you. I'll not make it hard on you. You can leave. You can go. But I want you to, I want you to first try one thing. And she said, okay, what is it? And he went and got her a cup of water. And, and he put a cup of water in her hand. And he said, I want you to walk around the church, all the way around, the entire perimeter of the church. I want you to do it three times. And he said, if you can do it three times without spilling any water out of that cup, he said, then... I'll let you go. I'll give you a letter, whatever you want, and there'll be no, no, no exchange of words. It'll be over with. And so she did it. She went in, and she walked around the church three times. And at the end of three times, she had not spilled even one drop out of that cup. And so she went to the pastor. She said, I did it. I accomplished. He said, I noticed. I was watching. You didn't spill anything. He said, can I ask you a question? And she said, well, sure. She said, while you were walking around the church, did you see any men with roving eyes? No, sir. Uh, did you see uh, or hear any gossiping women in the church? 
No, I didn't hear any gossiping women. Did you see any hypocrites in the church when you were walking? She said, no, I didn't see any hypocrites in the church. And he went down the list of the same things that she said. And whenever she got, got completely finished answering the question, he said, you know why that you didn't see men and you didn't see gossipers? Because you were focused on not stumbling yourself and spilling your water. Come on now. You, you, you were focused on what you were doing. And he said, I'm just going to tell you now, if you'll focus on living for God and get your eyes off of everybody else, everything will be okay. Hallelujah. I need somebody tonight to realize if you're going to be an overcomer. I said, if you're going to be an overcomer, you got to focus on your own walk with God, your relationship with God. I got to hurry. I got to hurry here. Amen. He said, on the other side, he said that they were as swift as the rose upon the mountain. They were as swift as the rose upon the mountain. What, that, that's a characteristic of the prey. The characteristic of the prey is this, that they are conscious of what's going on around them enough that they know when danger is lurking in the shadows and they know when they got to run. They know when they have to flee for their very life. He said overcomers are people that don't just have a laser-like focus on what they want and what they desire and what their intents are in living for God. He said, but overcomers, Gadites are the kind of people that know when to run from danger. They know when to get away from the things that are going to destroy them. They know that there's a time to run. And I'm going to tell you, young people, you hear this preacher tonight, there will be times in your life when you're going to have to run. You're going to have to run for your life. You're going to have to run with everything you've got within you. I'm not talking about running from, from, from problems or troubles. I'm talking about running from the dangers, the danger of sin, the danger of lust, the danger of earthly desires, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the world. You got to know when to run. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. Joseph was a man. And I'm not going to get crude here tonight, but I'm going to get plain enough because we live in a plain society. Huh? Amen. Joseph was a man. Joseph had his own feelings as a natural human being. Hallelujah. And when Potiphar's wife reached and got a hold of his coat and tried to drag him into the bed with her, he ran for his life. He fled from that place.
It's quiet because some of y'all so sanctified. Amen. You've been out of the world long enough. You got so sanctified, you don't want to hear anything plain. But I'm going to tell you right now, every now and then, you got to flee for your life. You got to run with everything you've got within you because there's some things you can't handle. There's some things that you can't control. Amen. I said there's some things you cannot handle. And you can't handle the lust of your flesh. You better run. I said you better run. Hallelujah. You better run. Whenever whenever things begin to crowd in on you and you feel the danger, you feel yourself slipping, you feel yourself losing grip, you feel like, hey, hey, I'm, I'm losing it, you better get up and run. Because the way to be an overcomer is to know when to run for your life. All right, I'm almost finished. Give me just a moment because I want to tell you about the greatest danger to an overcomer. The greatest danger to you having the ability to overcome. I notice in Numbers 32 that it is here that we find the tribe of Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh asking to be allowed to remain on the east side of Jordan. Well, let me just tell you, that wasn't the will of God. God's plan was not for three tribes to stay on the east side of Jordan. God's plan was for all the tribes to go on the other side of Jordan. The inheritance was on the other side. Huh? Canaan's land was on the other side of Jordan. It wasn't on the east side, it was on the west side. But Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh asked to be allowed to remain. And I'm thinking, Gad, what is wrong with you? Why are you not? You're an overcomer. You've been in the wilderness for 40 years, and now you're going to give up? When you're at the river, you're, it's just the river you got to cross. It's just the river, the only thing. And that was sometimes, that's sometimes the attitude of some people who don't want to do the full will of God. They look at the church and they say, well, we're just on the other side of the river. That's all. We're pretty close. We're close to what you are. We're close to where you are. It's just a river. It might be just a river, but you're either in the will of God and in the word of God or you're not in the will of God or the word of God. So I had to ask the question, why? Gad, what happened? What's the reason? Well, when I go to the scripture, I discover that when Israel left the land of Egypt and they were on their way to Canaan's land, that there was order established in the camp. The Ark of the Covenant, the tabernacle would be in the central location of the camp. And then there would be three tribes to the north, three tribes to the south, three tribes to the east, and three tribes to the west. And whenever they would leave this encampment, wherever they were, and journey from one place to another in the wilderness, then what would happen is that 
the tribe of Judah, and his, the three that were with him, the two that were with him, making a total of three, they would start the journey, and then there would be one tribe, another, three more tribes that would follow, then the tabernacle, three more tribes, and then the, the balance of the three tribes. So whenever they encamp, they would all go to their separate locations again. Well, here's what I noticed. I noticed that Gad camped with Reuben for 40 years. 40 long years. He, now, that might not mean much to you until you start looking at what Jacob said about Reuben. Reuben, he said, you're as unstable as water. You'll never excel. Huh? You're as unstable as water. You will never excel. What was the problem? The problem with Gad was he camped around the wrong people for 40 years. He camped around those who would never excel. Those who were unstable as water. I'm just telling you tonight, I believe with all of my heart that the greatest danger to an overcomer is who they hang around with. Come on. It's who you spend your discretionary time with. It's who you go out and eat dinner with. It's, oh, come on, huh? it's who you go on vacation with. It, Hallelujah. You hang around folks that's always running down the pastor, running down the church, talking about people. You're going to be affected by that. You're going to be impacted by that. But if you get around some folks that say, hey, hallelujah, thank God for our church. Thank God for our, our pastor. Thank God for our pastor's wife. Thank God for our leadership. Thank God for everybody laboring in the kingdom of God. I'm so glad to be a part of this. The greatest danger to an overcomer is who they camp around. If you want to be an overcomer, you've got to quit hanging around the wrong people. Huh? You've got to have a line-like focus. You've got to have the spirit of a roe, a deer, that will flee when, it, when it's time, when the danger is lurking. You were born to be an overcomer. Amen. You were born to be an overcomer. That's what you were born to be. That's what your heavenly father gave you as an identity. Because he knew you would need that identity. But there's just some things that you got to be conscious of. You got to be conscious of who you hang around. Because you could find yourself coming up short. Find yourself living on the wrong side of the river. Huh? Amen. They made all kinds of pledges to Moses and said, oh, no, we're never going to be like what you're saying we're going to be if we stay over here. But that's exactly what they became. Everything Moses warned them about. In fact, when they stopped on that side of Jordan, here's what they said to Moses. said, we want... To build, you know, 
barns and stalls and all that stuff for our cattle and cities for our children. They had it all backward. Huh? They had it backward. Moses turns around and says to them, no, if you stay on this side, he said, you need to build cities for your children. In other words, focus on your children first. You see, when you're, when you're, when you're hanging around the wrong people, everything gets distorted. Everything gets turned around. It gets backward. Things become important that should not be quite as important. Amen. And you may be sitting here tonight, Sister Mayo, if you will help me. Amen. Just come on up. I don't know. Whatever you feel like doing, help us out in this situation tonight. Hallelujah. And you may be sitting here tonight saying, you know what? I like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm hearing. I want to be that. I want to be an overcomer. But I'm struggling. I have such a problem. Your problem might be the people you're hanging around. You see, if you've had problems with drugs, you've got to quit hanging around folks doing drugs, dealing drugs, pushing drugs. Huh? Amen. You've got to quit hanging around that. If, if, if you have a struggle with alcohol, you've got to quit hanging around folks who's drinking all the time. Come on. You want to be an overcomer? You've got to change who you're hanging around. They're just some folks I don't want to hang around. Amen. Yeah, Sergeant, I love everybody. They're just some folks I don't like. Huh? You what? You hear me? I don't like their attitude. I don't like their negative spirit. I don't like their constant griping and complaining about everything. I love them. I just don't like to be around them. Because you see, I made my mind up a long time ago, I'm going to be an overcomer. And if I'm going to be an overcomer, there are just some things i got to pay attention to. And I'm going to be conscious about who I'm hanging around. You hang around carnal people, you'll be carnal. You hang around people that are always pushing the envelope, you'll be pushing the envelope with them. Let's stand. I'm finished. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. There there was a host of other things I wanted to preach, but this is what the Holy Ghost directed me to preach this morning for tonight's service. Because all of us need to realize what our identity is. When you get on the other side, you're going to be identified as an overcomer. If you make it on the other side, it will be because you overcame. You overcame every obstacle. You overcame every problem. You overcame every struggle. You overcame every, everything that came your way. You overcame that. You, and the reason that you can is because that's what you were born to be. Hallelujah. So I'm done. I'm finished. There might be some folks here tonight that say, you know what? I think I think I need to go down there and tell the Lord I've been hanging around the wrong folks, and so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna change my I'm gonna change my 
and the people I've been hanging around with because I want to be an overcomer. I'm going to go down there tonight because I've lost my focus. I want to get my focus back. I've been, I've, I've been toying with some things, and I, I'm going to let the Lord know tonight I'm running from those things because I want to be an overcomer. I know what I've been born to be, but in order for me to accomplish that, there's some things I have to do that I have to commit myself to. Does anybody here feel that way too? It might be most of us in the house that feel like, you know, I want to be an overcomer, so I just, I'm going tonight to strengthen myself. I'm going tonight to get into a better place spiritually. Would we, in fact, I think it would be good if all of us just came and stood around the altar tonight, everybody in the house. Amen. Just come and stand around the altar. Lift your voice and say, Holy Ghost, I am committing myself tonight that I am going to be what God wants me to be. I'm going to be an overcomer. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get above my problems. I'm going to get above my troubles of life. I'm going to get past my negative circumstances. Whatever it takes, I'm going to overcome Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. What a mighty God, what a mighty God, what a mighty God. Come on, church. You serve a God that's awesome and he gives you the power to overcome. He gives you power to rise above. He gives you power. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. To him. Somebody talk to him right now. Somebody pray. Somebody, somebody reach out right now. Somebody reach out right now. Somebody touch the Lord in this house. Oh, Holy Ghost, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Feel Holy Ghost all over this place right now. Let's lift our voice. Come on, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Come on, he's a God here tonight to make the difference. He's the God that's gonna make the difference here tonight. He's the God that's gonna help somebody overcome. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what your problem is. But I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost is here to make you an overcomer. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory.
Oh, let's lift our voices in praise. Let's lift our voices in worship. Holy Ghost, I give you honor and glory tonight. My soul magnifies you. You are the living God and you change not. There is no variableness in you and no shadow of turning. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are God and you are great. You are mighty. You are wonderful. Hallelujah. 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 